Caregivers, have you ever felt like nothing is going right? Well, cheer up and welcome to Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver Radio Program, where you'll learn how to avoid that dreaded thing called caregiver burnout and how to survive the grieving process. Join Dave and his guests now as they share practice tips and tools that you can start using immediately to help get you through this day. Now, here's your caregiver host, Dave Nassani. From Los Angeles and New York City, a big LA and big Apple, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 20 audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Mixcloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, Player FM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, HealthyLife.net, and CaregiverDave.com. And we're so proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and one of the top six best podcasts on Caring.com, as well as number three podcast out of thousands and thousands of caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. And we have an exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, of course. <laughs> Yes, of course. That's the right answer. <laughs> so Jill Wartman, author of If You Ever Need Anything, dot, 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 really, and Chuck Wartman, caregiver and caregiver expert and advocate. These two are married. Uh, and we're they're going to be on the show today, and it's going to be an exciting show. But before we get started, I just want to take this moment and thank my last week's guests, John Haggerty and Janice Butler, co-owners of Your Soul's Toolbox, where spirituality and psychology converge. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of our other 18 global networks that I have mentioned earlier, actually 20. I forgot about uh, iHeartRadio. And uh, all right, enough of that. Welcome to the show, Jill and Chuck. So excited to have you on. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Great to why be here. You, why don't you take a minute or two, one at a time, and introduce yourself. I like to ask my guests, just who is... Chuck, and who is Jill, and why were they put on this earth? <laughs> I'll let Jill go first. Well, um, I'm Jill Bortman, and um, I have a deep, I don't know, I just <laughs> care really deeply for people who are in need of some help, and um, I just have thought about the fact that you can just sit here and go, wow, um, there must be so many people sitting in their living rooms right now that just wish someone could come help them with something in their house. You know, whether they're a widow uh, or a caregiver that needs a break or to, uh, you know, a veteran, there are just, um, you know, and there may be something that they need help with fixing in their home or, but as, especially with caregivers, maybe they need someone to give a ride or bring a meal or just, you know, some time off. And mm -hmm. so they can run and, you know, go do some shopping or whatever. And um, so what I, you know, am advocating really is for people to look around them and see who in their neighborhood, their church, or synagogue, or wherever, to just uh, you know look around and see if there's anybody that they know that right now could be really needing some help, and actually go to them. What a and, caring spirit you have in a caregiver's heart. Well, awesome. anyway, <laughs> well, I learned a lot from Chuck, who his his mom was the ultimate. Me, Chuck is uh, the caregiver, right? You're well, not a caregiver father. yet because everyone is either going to become a caregiver or need a caregiver. There's no escape. That's true. That's true. So it's good That's that you're preparing for it before it happens. Smart girl. Chuck, yeah. what about you? Why were you put on this earth? I guess I'm uh, multifaceted, but the most important thing to me was when I was uh, very young, I had my uh, little brother enter into my life when I was four years of age. And uh, he was physically challenged, mentally challenged. He has cerebral palsy. It's a very catch-all phrase. But uh, 
I've had a sensitivity since I was about four or five years of age into looking at his needs, watching his development, watching my parents and all the other support groups that came to his aid to uh, bring him to where he is right now. He's 61 years of age and uh, he's had a phenomenal run. Uh, we had an unfortunate circumstance about four or five years ago when my mother passed and he was living with my mother who was 90 upon her passing. She was taking care of my brother at that age with his special needs, uh, wow. which was just an incredible thing and inspirational to me. And uh, just watching my parents grow up with my brother and seeing how they just uh, supported not only him, but other people in the community, mm -hmm. it made me get involved with various not-for-profits. Um, one of them had to do with uh, affordable housing for the elderly and handicapped in the local Washington, D.C. area. And uh, I got a lot of uh, pleasure and knowledge out of dealing with that and also people's needs as they give in to uh, the needs or wants of people who have to do caregiving. Mm -hmm. And I also got into uh, the caregiving realm by being involved in insurance. And I'm a certified long-term care licensed agent where I help people make plans for the future so they can evolve, you know, just avoid the pratfalls basically or the, the mitigants that you have to have for the financial, uh, psychological, and just the physical characteristics that change as you become a caregiver and over an exp uh, extended period of time. That is so needed. I, I think the statistic is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, 5% of, uh, of people over the age of 50, 55 have long-term care. Is that how disappointing the statistic is, or is it a little better than that? It's, uh, it's greater than that, actually. And uh, at the end of the day, if you are 65 years of age at this point in time in your life, there's about a 30% chance that you're going to need some type of long-term care assistance, whether it's mm -hmm. in your home or in a nursing facility or hospice, any variety of those things, of which I've had experience in doing through various members of my family. But the vast majority of people do not have it, do they? No, because uh, unfortunately they just think, uh, the husbands think they're supermen. They're not going to get, <laughs> yes. not going to get, not going to get sick, let alone need any long-term care. It's the wives that uh, kind of generate that conversation and that's what we do as insurance salesmen. Eventually, we always kind of go for the wife, uh, just as call. Yeah. Just I, I wish I would have met you before my wife had her stroke when she was 52, because it would have oh. been cheap, and uh, that would have been a, a lot nicer since then. <laughs> but I'm 10 years younger, so I was 42, so I had plenty of time to decide I should get some. So I did. Uh, I think when I was 48, I got it. Adrian got hers a little later in life. Hers is more expensive than mine. <laughs> yeah. well, you're talking to two smart people here. And I assume you both have it, right? Or you're too young. Yeah, we just got, we... Actually, we just got insurance uh, right. insurance policies. We're going to sign the documents uh, in the next week Great. or two. So yeah. we're actually talking to people who practice what they preach. Absolutely. <laughs> So yes. you're you're an interesting pair. What brought you two together? How did you meet? And when did you meet? And why did you meet? <laughs> well, uh, Jill and I both uh, had 20-year marriages. And uh, I, I think basically in 2009, we just celebrated our 10th year of being uh, dating, oh, being together. Uh, we've been married for three years now. We had a long courtship because we both had grown children at home. And uh, particularly me, I had a couple of boomerang children that needed attention. Again, the caregiver thing here. I had one that had POTS and another one that had psychological needs. Wow. Uh, in addition to my brother and my mother, uh, so it's been quite an interesting last four years on that regard. But Jill and I'm so I met, glad you found yourself and you were able to find love. You know, it, it's so hard for it. It was a godsend. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, we met we met on uh, ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> oh. And because we are faith based, and we both swore after we found out about all this, we both swore we would never go online dating. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> But we did, and uh, the rest is history. But I think we both have a 
uh, a common goal and to try to, not to sound too corny or sappy, but I think we really do have an interest in seeing the, the betterment of mankind. Yeah, sounds that way. <laughs> Well, you look good together. That's that's important. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, and and Thanks. you get along, uh, family and kids. Everyone's getting along. It's How so hard when when are they kids all together. Yeah, when kids' parents start dating again, you know, uh, sometimes you get more grief from the kids. I know. <laughs> so, well, mine were away in college. They were pretty receptive to it. They they loved good. To talk right away, and they you know he just. He could tell he's an all-around really sweet guy. And yeah, he's like everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Chuck. Well, it's <laughs> funny. I mean, we'll be out and people, strangers will come up and ask if they can hug him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know I know what that feeling is like, believe it or not. I have strangers yeah. just you know, <laughs> telling me their deep, dark secrets and crying, and I don't even know them. and. Yes. You we don't know why this happens, but it's a gift, that's, I guess. That's right, it I, is. I think it it's is. a father figure thing or I'm six <laughs> foot I'm six foot nine. And Whoa. I, I think people just kind of I don't know. I just have different purposes for different people, I guess. <laughs> They're I like, you remind me Either of Jill is as tall as you or it's just her torso upper. No, I, I have long legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jill, why did you write this book, and what what went on in your life that made you feel like you needed to write this book? Well, it was actually becoming single after twenty year marriage, and my, was it a divorce or death or what? It was a it was a divorce, but so my first Valentine's Day, I was like, I'm not sitting here by myself. Forget about it. But, you know, I wasn't the type. I wasn't going to go belly up to a bar somewhere or anything like that. So I um, thought, you know what? I'm not the only one. And I just uh, thought about every single friend. I knew friends that were going through divorces, people who were recently widowed. And I just called up everybody I knew um, or I'd run into somebody and invited them over for a Valentine's evening dinner and we Ooh. just had a great time and yeah. we met every week after that or even in between and we just became the best of friends we just laugh our heads off and cry and just be supportive of each other and um you started a support one thing i learned was that um you know we had a lot of things in common widowed or divorced we all of a sudden had to take care of all these things around the house that maybe we weren't used to doing. And um, it's frustrating, and it's like, oh, who's going to, you know. I remember buying a drill to hang some drapes, and, you know, my husband, my former husband was, you know, pretty handy, and I never had to practically change a light bulb. So <laughs> here I am, go to Home Depot, get a, got a drill, and it wasn't going in. Uh, just frustrating. So, and you know, and you don't want to ask anybody for help. And I found that with my widowed friends as well. So, anyway, I just kind of putting. Oh, and what did happen is a friend of mine lost her uh, husband. And I've also always kind of been a little awkward when someone loses spouse and or something dramatic happens. I think, oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to you know, intrude, but um, I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore, and friend lost her husband, and right away I, um, you know, went over there, and I had a small landscaping business, and, um, you know, I just thought, well, maybe, you know, I know she's going to have a lot of people coming to the house, and so mm -hmm. maybe I'll see if I can do a little Spruce up, put some flowers, or do something. So anyway, did that, and just as the guys and I were finished, clean, you know, were cleaning up, she came walking up the street, just tears, you know, mm. so happy that we were there doing that. And mm -hmm. she just said that every time she pulled in, she was just so happy to see, you know, everything looking so nice. And that was just one thing off her plate that 
brought her some joy and what you know I was the whole time I was going why am I doing this really I mean you know it got to be a little expensive I bought a pot and you know a big one and mm -hmm. put a lot of <laughs> a lot of things out there and um I had to keep checking myself like okay what are my motives here because I'm really really into doing this and if she had said no I would have been disappointed and so are you good at really, it now are you good at drilling holes and well, hanging pictures and all well, that well no I, uh, well not really but my point with this story <laughs> is and I know it's getting a little long but um I realized that it was really I felt like God wanted her to have you know, he wanted to bless her, and at the same time, he was blessing me using yeah. my gift. So my book puts people using their gifts to help people who need the help, which to me is God's hands. Yeah. Explain God's hands. that. Explain that, because the title is, If You Ever Need any, Anything, yes. You Ever Need Anything, Really. And there's like four of them? Yes. So yes. what are they all about? I mean, are they, well, are it's they, not a book. Are they helping book, people to network with other people, or well, what, say tell me what there's it's all about. one. Okay, well, <clears throat> say the there's one for just for everybody, um, which would include caregivers, and um, say if it was used at a funeral, it would. It's a book where it would be laid out, and rather than just say if you ever need anything, people will go over there, um, put their contact information, and a brief message. And then there's a list of different things that you may offer to do. Like some people are good at helping with technology or handyman-type services. Other people would, you know, would love to, you know, give you a ride somewhere or be an advocate for you at a doctor's office or with the attorneys or you know we all have our specialties and that is what we prefer to share you know don't ask me to real i mean i'd bring a meal i'd rather not bring a meal <laughs> i'd rather do so, something else so so, is the reader is I, the reader is the reader of this book um getting information and you're telling them how to ask for help is that how it works it well by the so after, so this could be by a bedside of someone mm -hmm. who's ill in a hospital or as far as caregivers go, um, they could use it, you know, it could be at their home or wherever and people could, you know, register. It's actually a registration book. It's, it's, really? it's and, and how does people, it work? So the people are registering to, to help. And you do it online? Well, we're going to have that as well, a website where you do that. But the book is, it's, uh, you know, it's something that they get to hold afterwards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have all these offers of help that people have not only said, if you ever need anything, which has just become a throwaway mm -hmm. term, right. people just never follow through. So they'll yeah. have this wonderful book where they can, you know, if they need something that they can, you know, it says really at the end because it's encouraging them to actually call, ask for help because yeah. most people won't even ask for help. They're sitting home needing things done, needing some help, and they won't call anybody. And I'm particularly, you know, have a heart for veterans, uh, yeah. people who you know, or maybe even too proud to to ask. And yeah. with the suicide rate, um, twice the national average for uh, military, you know, service members, first responders. Um, yeah. You know, the, uh, one of the books is dedicated to them and will have a patriotic theme. And uh, Are these out yet? Have they come out yet? No, they'll be coming out, though. And... Um, and you do all four at one time, or one at a time, or what do you have? Uh, we're plan? debating about that. I'd like to do them all at the same time, but okay. and proceeds from each book will go to groups supporting um, awesome. service members, and you know, there's a whole. Now that you just told okay. the world that it's coming out. Now you got to bring it out. 
it's coming. It becomes a self-motivating, self-fulfilling prophecy. That's another reason I had you on the show because she didn't want to come on because she says, oh, well, you know, we don't have the website up yet and we don't have the book out yet. I says, you know what? Come on the show, tell them it's coming out, and now you're forced to actually make it happen. Because without without deadlines, it just doesn't happen. I know. And we appreciate you having us on and, you know, we're... Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, you know, there. Yeah. Is is you. there a place in these books for the person who who's widowed or a vet or the person who's yes. in need of help to actually like list the things that they might need, and then the other people would volunteer. Well, to do this, there, that, or the other thing. Well, there will be that on the website, but for the book. It's um, it's more they'll, you know, see what they need and, um, you know, look through the book and mm-hmm. and see who's, you know, skills and who they think might, you know, match you up. Have the titles and, and that, for each four books yet? Well, they're all if you ever need anything. Mm-hmm. But the uh, subtitles are different, right? The subtitles are different. There's, Do you have yeah, those yet? The caregivers. Excuse me? Do you have the subtitles for the four books yet? What they're yeah, I, I do. Uh, there's the Military and First Responders Edition. Um, the first one is, if you ever need anything, dot, 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 really, um, offers of help, words of encouragement, because mm-hmm. there will be encouraging uh, quotes and verses and things. And in the back, there'll be um, a lot of, <clears throat> you know, yeah. resources and things. Uh, for people, and um, I just I think it'll be very helpful. So it says here in your Sounds bio it. that you have served you. ten years in a women's jail ministry. Tell us about that. Yes, I did. Um, yes, and um, it was interesting. It, um, a pa- one of the pastors at church asked me if I would want to do that because they were looking for people, and I. I said, sure. And actually, I started going in with a friend, and she would lead it, and I would just be a co-leader. And uh, it was kind of interesting going in and having the, you know, doors locked behind you, and all of a sudden, I was like, uh-oh, I think I'm thirsty. I need I need some water. <laughs> but anyway, it was so great. We would go in there, and I felt like, you know, I'm not the greatest teacher in the world, but I, I'm more of an encourager. So uh-huh. I just felt like, you know, we would go in and we'd do a little Bible study, but mostly we would really chat with them and let them talk. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you know, they were going through some really hard times. So it's really women uh, in yeah, transition. That would give you a lot of perspective, yeah. Oh, Listening yeah. is a very, very important part of all of this. Yes. Able to listen. When somebody yes. knows that you're listening to them, it makes the world of difference. Yes. And then, yes. and then you also used to visit homeless shelters. So tell us about that. Well, also the, the church asked me, this is years later, but um, I was doing them like overlapping, doing yeah. both. But um, that was really great, too, going to the the homeless shelter and the ladies, you know, they Come in after dinner, and we just sit around the dining table. People could come if they want, or they didn't have to, and they'd be mm-hmm. there. And their children would join in sometimes, right? And, and it was great. Um, you know, sometimes I wouldn't even feel like going because I'd have a long day. You know, I, it's so late and it's dark, but every <laughs> time I went there, it was such so a blessing good. to me. It was so great. And to them, no doubt. Uh, tell me yeah. what a woman, uh, are most people in homeless shelters women or not necessarily? This was a women's shelter. Yeah. So and, what does a woman have to go through to where she uh, decides, I better go to a homeless shelter? Uh, are these people actually, <laughs> no, are they actually homeless first or do they get kicked out of their house for, uh, you know, not having the money for rent, and then they go right into it. How long, if they are actually homeless, how long do they actually stay on the streets before they realize, maybe I should go to a homeless shelter? Right. Well, I'm sure you've I heard think, some stories. I don't 
Now, I have, I would also be careful not to ask, you know, I've just, you know, what if they offered information, but I never wanted to really ask them. But a lot of times it was domestic violence uh, issues and, you know, they had nowhere to go. And like some, some of the women weren't even from the United States. And so they were, you know, they didn't have family or you know, and then there was one with a family that was just not approving of them, and um, you know, it's just all kinds of different reasons. Yeah. And so, but well, it listen, was. We're, we're going to take a did, quick break before I, hold that thought, okay. Adrian, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll answer Adrian's question, and then we'll talk uh, to Chuck. <laughs> give him a turn here. So don't go away. Right. We'll be right back. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show with Chill and Chuck. Wartman and our wonderful host, Adrian Gruberg from the Caregiver Space. <laughs> so what question were you going to ask, Adrian? I just wanted to know if any of these shelters were, were training uh, and giving guidance to the women that were there to help get them back in the workforce. Because mm, I know in New York, question. that's a very big part of certain shelters, especially for the women with, with children. Mm. And I happen to work with those people. There are so many different things that they need to help them that they might not just get from yes. being in this one facility. Well, um, they would take them to a, there was a center where there was, you know, a job center. And um, quite frankly, I didn't really ask a lot about that because... I don't know. Uh, they would tell us things while we were sitting there. But this place also had uh, stores, you know, like uh, almost like Salvation Army. It wasn't Salvation mm -hmm. Army, but so they um, could could work there. Um, but they had, you know, it was close to this training center where, you know, they could go and learn computer skills, computer skills yep. and different things. Um, but, you know, so, I, and I'm not really sure. They, they were assigned a social worker, so that right. the social worker would deal with, with, yes. all of, with them and help them. And, you know, the goal was I think they had a certain time limit and to get things together and, um and get a job and everything so and then if they didn't they would actually move to another place they kind of moved them to a different place they didn't pick them out or anything like that but mm -hmm. they you know they tried to guide them and you know do the best they could but it's a them. long recovery it yeah. is it yeah. is so but yeah they're Great seeing them out in the community, and even the ladies from the jail. I'd you know be in the grocery store, and I'd go, "Hey, you know, hey, how are they're you? Working, <laughs> doing great." So you know, that's awesome. That's was, very rewarding. Fun. Very rewarding. Yeah, for yes. both of you. Yes. So Chuck, um, tell us about your caregiving experience. You said that as a young child, you felt the uh, 
the caregiver's heart for your brother? Well, if I can, just give one example to kind of set the tone for the whole thing. Uh, I just noticed that my brother, being physically challenged and mentally, mentally challenged, you know, with children in the neighborhood or anywhere that we would go, you know, people would look at him differently, never, sure. maybe not giving him opportunities like everyone else. And it hit me so hard one day when uh, my relatives were around. We were playing croquet in our side yard. And uh, everybody picked up their mallet and ball, except for my brother, of course. And then he said, what about me? And that just, that just broke my heart. And obviously, to this day, uh, it just rings true with me. And uh, I think it just set the tone for my willingness and the way that I want to help people in the future. And I did that in various different ways. But I think it just goes hand in hand with what... Uh, Jill's purporting to do here and wanting to you know, facilitate the processing of these books and getting them out into the community because I think it just bridges the gap between a need, between an individual uh, that has certain wants and you know, things that they're just trying to do to get their life whole again and to bridge that gap to other people that can be of help because the more I get involved with uh, all these faith-based organizations and just talking with people, uh, it's amazing when I'm talking long-term care with some uh, clients that everyone's got a story. If it's not about their direct family, it's their friend, or I know somebody that they're doing some caregiving, and it's just uh, phenomenal, the stories I hear, and again, the hardships that they have to endure because they weren't prepared for it, they don't know how to do it, they're maybe afraid to ask, uh, and it's just something that we feel uh, we can just provide, based on our mutual backgrounds, that we can provide a, a service, and uh, it's just something that I think we're both called upon to do. Yeah, that's awesome. And my mother is currently a caregiver for the mm. my yeah my father has had cancer like five different times, and yeah. I mean so and he's had his third bout right now of lung cancer. So how old are they? Well, he is now 88, and she's 70, she's 76, and, um, you know, for the, I mean, 30 years ago, we thought he was, you know, going to be leaving us, and, um, wow. but she's just really nursed him back to health each and every time. <laughs> That's the problem and, with a good oh. caregiver, they just keep him alive. <laughs> I know. But she just sometimes, you know, it's it gets a little dicey sometimes with between the two of them because and she's not strong herself. So it's how's her health? It's not that great, really. And um, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. She learn has she learned to ask for help? I don't think she really does ask for help, and she doesn't live nearby, which makes me feel bad. No, she doesn't ask for help. And she can she be your guinea pig people. with the book. Yeah, she can. No, well, yeah. Because if you can and change her, you can change the world. Absolutely. So, well, it's so typical that yeah. that you know, as, as aging comes, and there was this this need to keep yourself independent you don't want to ask for help you want to do everything yourself exactly you know, but she's then, just getting really worn out yeah and he chuck, just had you know a d diff chuck, which right. chuck were you always selling insurance or is this something new it was something new uh, it happened uh when i was home uh, alone i had to take care of my brother after my mother passed away uh, you know, and she was in the hospital and in hospice, he was living with me. And um, unfortunately, my parents never set up any type of long-term care or insurance, right. that type of thing. Mm. And they always felt that uh, I would take care of my brother. Well, I had four children, and uh, it was just something that uh, was always a bone of contention. Uh, you know, it was just one of those things, and at the end of the day, when the time came where I, my mother had passed, I had to quit my job. Uh, I had 35 years in banking, 
And to answer your question, it was during the time when I was taking care of my brother, sitting at home, waiting to go pick him up from his daycare provider, um, that somebody called me up and they said, hey, I heard that you retired from banking. And I said, well, no, I had to quit my job, basically. And they, uh, it was the owner of an insurance company, and we had played golf together a few times, and I'd given him a few referrals. He says, well, why don't you try insurance? And I was like, I, I don't know, and all this. But eventually I thought, well, maybe this is a, a challenge for me. And so I did it uh, three years ago. And uh, I've been doing it ever since, and also doing, still continuing my banking career on a part-time basis as well. So, um, uh, but I'm still involved, obviously, with all the uh, 501c3 organizations that I've been yeah. dealing yeah. with. And yeah. you know, through that experience with my brother sitting at home, uh, fortunately, I had the resources to be able to do that for some time. But I just remember sitting at home. Wondering when is this going to end? We had no, there was no, there was no plan for my brother. Fortunately, I had enough knowledge from my involvement in the community with different groups that I got him an intellectual disability waiver, and that was something that uh, was an incredible thing. Uh, it was what I was at before this uh, this webinar here. I was at an annual meeting for my brother in a support services. There was like five or six other people around the table. Once a year, we get together and make sure what he's done over the past year, what he's planning to do in the next year, and that type of thing. So just getting him that waiver uh, was a tremendous thing for him. Is that a Medicaid program? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's yes. Great, so. And uh, there's people that – I know there's other people that need that, and that's yeah. part of the things that I do when I yeah, talk to people you. about uh, – you know, people just don't know. And you have to inform them, even though the resources are there, you can Google things and whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, people are just either intimidated, overwhelmed, or whatever mm -hmm. like that to deal with. I had to deal with Medicare, Medicaid, community service groups. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. It was, and thank God it only took about a year and a half, which sounds like a long time. But there are years of waiting lists on this. And uh, yeah. it was an education, to be sure. They also have uh, assisted living waivers as well that uh, yes. they would pay for yeah. assisted living. That's okay. a pilot program, but it's it's going well. I, that's how we got my mother in a nursing home that uh, basically was thirty five hundred dollars a month, and they paid it all. Wow! I'm very grateful for that. Right. Yes, that's Jack, very good. Where Where is your brother living now? He's living in a nice uh, group home in Falls Church, group Virginia, home. and. Uh, it's very nice. Uh, Jill and I go. We, we, we visit him every does. weekend. Does he That's like great. it? Chuck brings him places and to concerts and games and, and was movies. It hard, was it hard to convince That's him uh, to go in there at first? You know, he, he was very, uh, if he had any hesitation, he really didn't express it. He's kind of mm. stoic. Uh, but he, he went with it, and uh, like today when we were talking with his group, everyone was there. Uh, they could tell that uh, from his disposition over the last year just how he continues to thrive, and that's a key Good. word, thriving. Good. Yeah. Yes, because when he was at Chuck's, he would just sit there all day long. Yeah. Right. You know, and While Chuck, I'm at work, he's sitting on the sofa for like right. 16 hours a day. Well, how about the time yeah. where he came home, left him, he I, I left my brother one morning. I had to go to a chamber event. I was in banking. And uh, he was at the breakfast table. He hadn't finished yet. And I left him at about 7.30 in the morning because I couldn't, I didn't have time to do what I normally do with him, but I had to be out. And I came back home at uh, and He had his walker there. He had his walker there, okay, and he's sitting at a table. And I came home at like 6 o'clock that night. And when I got home, he was still sitting at the table. He was afraid to try to get up and to get, get onto the walker, or he wouldn't go down on the floor. And he was mm -hmm. sitting there for, what, eight, nine, ten hours. That yep. long? I didn't realize it was problem, that long. You know? I a lot of people think that they can take care of their loved one, and maybe they made promises, I'll never put you in a nursing home, and those that's a bad well, promise to make because uh, they are so much better in a facility, you know, and not all of them are bad. Yeah, you have to, maybe nine out of ten of them are bad, but, you know, if you do your homework, you do your research, you can find a good one. 
Well, as I mentioned before, you know, my mother had other plans for my brother, me taking care of him, but it just couldn't be. I don't see how it could have happened. And I know uh, people do do that, but at the end of the day, I'm thinking, what's best for my brother? Yeah, many people are motivated by guilt, and they they make the wrong decisions when guilt is motivating you. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, at first, we had a friend of mine who was going through a divorce. We had her move in with Bobby because mm -hmm. he had just he and his mom. His mother was ninety years old. He was fifty five, and he had never been away from his mom. It was so it was just devastating for him. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, we had we thought, oh, this will be great because she needs a place, and he has a nice little house, and he needs somebody. Oh, you know. And there we go into the financial end of things, where not only do I have my household, but I have mm -hmm. another household to pay right. for the caregiver, the mortgage, cable, bills, right. all that. I mean, it just got sure. crazy. But, yeah, that didn't quite work out because she would, you know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hard. Yeah. But, yeah, but it, it's all great now. Yeah, but we're the very thing thankful. Is, I've, I've been there. You know, I've yeah. actually been there for better or for worse, and I can relate to people, not just from the very beginning with my brother when he was handicapped, but essentially going through all that and just knowing how people, I don't know if I was depressed or not. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just kind I'm of sure sitting there with my brother, you know, I mean. Well, you had teenagers at home, too. Yeah, that so was, I had, yeah it was a little bit of Were they supportive or not really? They were, they were supportive. It was, uh, I would say maybe they looked at it as an intrusion maybe on their daily lives perhaps uh, because he did have special needs. Uh, I'll yeah. be honest about that. But at the end of the day, they were, they were pretty good. But it was just such a, you know, he's my brother, so how can it be a disruption or how can it be an inconvenience, right. okay, at the end of the day? But as you know, it is a life changer. Yeah, is he your older brother or younger brother? He's five years younger than me. Yeah. Wow. So, but uh, he's doing well. Bottom line, um, I hope my mother and father aren't. Uh, they're they're both in heaven. <laughs> I hope they're not too upset at me. No, you've been a So now that you have this new partnership, this marriage, uh, what are your plans for the future together uh, on? on helping caregivers, because I, I assume that's what you do. You both come to the table with different gifts, and I think it's it's a good marriage of your gifts. So uh, what are your plans? What's your plan A and plan B? Well, we are getting these books out, and we are really going to advocate for caregivers. And one of the key groups I'd like to reach, really, are parents with children, for them to start looking around the neighborhood, looking, you know, and just pointing out, you know, let's let's bring back the, the golden rule and the, you know, do on to others. Oh, yeah. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, and like say, hey, you know, to the kids, what do you, you know, like I brought my, uh, my kids, there was a lady down the street, and I would, Sometimes, you know, interrupt their day, but make them, let's go, we're going to go to Arlene's and we're going to, you know, weed for her and, you know, help her right. in her guard. And, oh, they, you know, oh, do we have to? Well, but, <laughs> but, but it was good for them and they felt better about it afterwards. But I think we need to encourage people uh, some empathy, really, of people who may need some help and for parents to start bringing their kids and just being aware of people in their circle um, that they can just help and just especially when someone what I've learned is when something happens tragically I've had a couple friends whose husbands have committed suicide which is horrible mm. but you know they they need somebody to just come over and do something. And I think it's the way with caregivers. Like, I think people need to just go over there and say, hey, how about if I do this? Or can I, you know, I'm going to mow for you today or something yeah. like that. I can see you setting up a network of helpers, you know, online through your books. Uh, 
I don't know if, if yeah. that has occurred to you, but there are a lot of people who, you know, their spouses have died or whatever, or their their loved one, uh, they, you know, they don't need their time anymore. And so they're, they want to continue being a caregiver, but they don't have anyone to caregive. So it would be a great volunteer thing. want to be useful. Setting That's... up in, in different cities. I mean, it, just your imagination is the only thing that would limit it. Uh, exactly. Of how big and, and how far. Yes, and actually in the county we live in, this is Loudoun County, Virginia, and they have um, a group called Loudoun Caregivers, I believe, and they do do that. It's a volunteer group, and they go in and um, help with things, you know, when yeah. when called. God will lead you. He knows what you're supposed to do. You just got to <laughs> catch up with him. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I... I live in the Min I live in Manhattan and and at this point there's really no such thing other than an architectural neighborhood. There are landmarks that distinguish one neighborhood from another and that's about it. There's a new program online called Neighborhood. Oh, and yes. people people will get on and they'll ask um, do you know anyone who can do this? Do you know anyone who could do that? I mean, I had somebody who very simply, you know, was asking for help with their dog. Now, they were getting a puppy. My dog was grown. I, I could help out. I could do something. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are, there are all sorts of cases, and people will ask, uh, I need a I need a good doc. I'm new to the neighborhood. I need a good doctor. You know, right. I mean it's, yeah. it's simple, but if yeah. if it was formulated in in a way where where you could really right. ask for the kind of help that you need <clears throat> rather exactly. than asking other people for references, you know, exactly. It's it's a great idea. Yes. Listen, let's yeah. take a break, and we'll talk more about this when we get back. So we'll be right back. Okay. Don't go away. Okay. Thank you. Dave Nassani, The Caregiver's Caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too. Reclaim Your Caregiver Sanity by Learning When to Say Yes and When to Say No. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through, because he is one. And he now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his incredible caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first, before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child and caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Reclaim your caregiver sanity by learning when to say yes and when to say no. We'll help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverscaregiver.com. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show with Jill and Chuck. Wartman and Adrian Gruberg from the Caregiver Space. So, guys, um, I am excited for what's going on and and how you two are partnering together to help caregivers. And hopefully, you, we gave you some ideas if you didn't already have some. But I'm sure I'm sure you see the vision of how big this can get. No, it can get very big. Yes. Yes, we we do, and so um, yes, we're trying to put the foundation together. Uh, really, well, Chuck seems like we... a very organized guy, so I think uh, <laughs> he what he's accomplished so far, I, I think he sees it all and how it's going to be done. So you're oh, yeah. in good hands cool. together. Right, <laughs> that's right. So yes, we can make a good team. So anyway. <laughs> So yeah, um, I, I read here that your husband, your ex-husband, was uh, a veteran, and that's partly why you have a heart for the veterans. So yeah. um, one of your books is going to be uh, geared toward that, I guess. 
Um, it says here on your on your rap sheet. <laughs> yeah. Were you talking about? I'm assuming these are the different topics of your books, like deaths of despair, combating suicide in our service members, creating teams of support, and then there's adjusting to alone, empowering empowering newly divorced and widowed women, advice on easing the transition and having fun, and then there's what to do when tragedy strikes someone you know. How not wanting to be asked is the new giving. Hmm. And how using my small business to help widows and single moms inspired a book. So uh, it sounds like you're on the right track. Yes, thank you. Yes, I would, um, the, 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 what I would do with my business is, um, I called it random acts of landscaping. I would... <clears throat> Go to homes of. That's right. You're of, a gardener, aren't you? Yes. Well, so when I have a like some downtime, um, and the guys needed something to do, I would say, "Hey, let's go over to, you know, so and so's house, and we just do a spruce up and help oh. you know, single, you know, mostly widows, newly divorced ladies." You have a with, green thumb. You know, yeah, or you, you know, can't we just drill a hole in a wall, but you can certainly. No, well, I went and got <laughs> a bigger drill. I went and got a bigger drill. Let's <laughs> about the drill. <laughs> I have to tell you from personal experience about uh, I don't know ten years ago when we first met, and I was uh, fairly recently divorced and had the house and the kids and all that, and of course I wasn't doing any more on the exterior except for maybe mowing the yard. So uh, there was a lot of things, uh, deferred maintenance, should I say, needed to be done as far as plants <laughs> and what have you. And uh, it was scary. Let's just say that. Okay, so she, <laughs> I told, I told Jill, I said, I'm putting my total faith in you. I don't think about plants. Just do what you do, and I'm sure it'll be fine. And she ended up taking the home that I loved. I loved the actual structure that I always wanted, but uh, she made that. That house with the uplighting and everything, it looked like the White House when it was done. It was unbelievable. Wow. Well, so. It was fun. He gave me three reins. So. Is that your business? Anyway. That's what she does. But, but that's but now we're going we're gonna move I'm kind of moving away from that. I you know, getting divorced, I mean, like I was joking, I was like the garden club lady a member i be you know i went from garden club member to being the gardener you know yeah. <laughs> on it's uh, a good uh, move yeah well you know it just it brings me a lot of joy and it brings other yeah. people joy so it's it's been fun it's been really fun so it's a nice thing to share because not everybody likes to be out there uh doing it so doing it <laughs> But I, you know, I enjoy the design. I enjoy the landscape design. That's the that's the fun part. So, um, where are you struggling with your website? Uh, do you have a guy who knows how to do it? Do you have uh, a concept of what you want? You know, because my my nephew's in the process of rebuilding my website, and uh, oh, good. It, it had grown and grown and grown, and then it was top heavy and. and it was unorganized, it was like a maze, and he says, we just got to tear this thing down and start over again. Start over. So the good news is that you're starting from scratch. I assume you are, right? Yes. Yes. So do you have somebody that, that's, uh, that you're talking to? I don't to, or you're have still... someone in particular. Um, I mean, there are a few ways to go with that, and, yeah. um, but I'd love a name. Well, I'll give you the phone number of my <laughs> nephew because he's a good visionary. At least, at the very least, he can he can uh, share with you after he hears your story what he could envision for you. You know. Yes, and, thank you. Uh, I do have you know different vision. layers of vision mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. Well, believe me, he's he's very uh, he's very good, and he's got a team in India that helps him. You know, because okay, uh, they're very smart over there. And uh, yes. I'll hook you up because I know websites can be very frustrating, and <laughs> yes. and you don't want to just trust somebody to do it. And now your hands are tied. You got to call them every time you need something. You know, you want to know how to basically make minor changes so that you're not 
calling them every time. You want to make a small change, change a picture, change a comment, change a post. You know, you can do it yourself. And yeah, it's pretty put, easy. Put yeah. your own posts up. That's yeah, a WordPress what I site, you know, is pretty yep. easy. Well, that's what I wondered. First, I had gotten a Wix hmm. site, and then I'm hearing yeah, WordPress. And so, <laughs> I just, you WordPress know. is good, but you need a combination where somebody smart is doing the complicated stuff with coding and the simple stuff with, you know, the stuff that WordPress is famous for, uh, making it easy. Right. So hopefully that will work out for you. When you said that I was organized and that type of thing, yes, from my background in banking and accounting, what have you like that, I am like that. Jill, on the other hand, is a more of a creative sort, yeah. that type of thing. And I think we complement each other very, very well. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just remembered uh, the other day when we were thinking about things and, she was talking about all the things that needed to be done and maybe getting a bit overwhelmed and all that. Yeah. It's like the more that you know, the more you don't know in a way. Yeah. And so I said, no, let's just break this down. I said, let's yeah. just, what's the most important thing? Bite-sized pieces. Let's take, you know, let's just separate things and just knock it out right. like incrementally like yeah. that. It's Perfectionism is the killer. Yeah, get rid of that. You can't have uh, it. Because yeah. I met you in, was it May because you'll or June? never get it out. When April. did we meet? April. April. May, June, July, August, September, October. I know. You know I'm not even going to ask you what you've done in the last six months. Just uh, the past is the past. We're looking Written, for rewritten, and learning everything, but no. <laughs> it has to happen. Well, it's just let me tell you, it will never be perfect. I mean, I... There has to be, it's like birthing a baby. You know, after a while, you say, you, you know can, what, it's perfect enough. I, it's not perfect. I can always write another enough. book. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and it, it's true. I, I actually have like 10 in this series. I'm of, sure you yeah. do. <laughs> but I mean, and I have to like, he, I have, I'm like the idea. I mean, I have to shut off my ideas because I'm, I, say, I have to shut them off and start doing them. I say analysis so, to paralysis. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The first one has to come out, and I guarantee you it won't be perfect. But yeah. once the first one comes out, you'll see the mistakes and say, okay, we'll fix that in the second one, and so on and so on. Yes. Your first yes. anything is not perfect. My first TV show sucked, and everybody thought it was great, but only yeah. I thought it sucked, you know? Right, But right. by the 25th, you know, it was much better. So yes. the more you do, the, the better it will get. But you cannot. You have got to get rid of that perfectionistic streak, which I'm I know it's terrible. I just don't want to do it wrong. I want to, you know. So it's okay to do it wrong, because I you know. can always fix it. That's and true. you know what? Someone said, you know what? My crappy little book is better than the book you haven't written yet. You know what I mean? That's right. And and actually, the basis, the oh. whole everything down there is basically what I've written to begin with. I've just rewritten and rewritten it, but it's it's all, it all was, it was an idea that I got up one morning and that's when I start thinking and I started writing it all down. Just give yep. it to the a retired school teacher who, who <laughs> is anal about finding typos <laughs> and grammatical errors and tense issues and so on. Right. Take it out of your plate now because your your eyes are are blind well that's here. what i you can't yeah. see the forest from the trees yeah, you, Take yes, it out and put it in somebody else's hands that's exactly it you agree chuck amen yeah i'm saying yeah, all the things that you want to say but you can't because you're too close i know he, <laughs> he says it once in a while and Don't i know it's now. just say thank you yeah <laughs> no it's happening and thank you very much for the encouragement and really everything so. i don't want to have to have this conversation again by the end of the year so you know well all right call me if you ever okay. need anything call me i've got resources that i can share really yeah really. <laughs> and yeah, how can yes. someone get a hold of you if they want to uh, get some help or maybe they want to ask you some questions or whatever well jill at everneed.org ever need e-v-e-r-n-e-e-d Dot org. org, yes, and I'd love to hear from anybody. And great. Well, that's it, Adrian. How do we get a hold of you? Oh, you know that, Adrian <laughs> <It's> a at <laughs> thecaregiverspace.org. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I am caregiverdave.com. Hey. So I thank you for everybody showing up and all you people 
who faithfully come every uh, week to watch us or hear us, whether it's on an audio or a visual platform. And with that, I say goodbye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program with Dave Nassani.